On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Philadelphia Sixers 2-0 after victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers. And once again, Tyrese Maxey stars. We'll talk about him in the debut of P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, Joel Embiid, and James Harden for this preseason. Next, right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, you are Locked On 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my partner from the Inquire.com. He's the Sixers beat writer. Keith Pompey. Keith, what's happening, man? 2-0 and Sixers right now. Yeah, I'm not really concerned about the 2-0 and just because it's the preseason. So, you know what I mean? I don't get in that. But the thing that really impressed me, D, is like, and I'm sorry for being long-winded. Now go. But you kind of sway. I'm, I'm kind of like swaying on your side a little bit with the Tyrese Maxey thing. Uh. The young boy is balling right about now. So, uh. like, even if they would have lost that game, they would have been 1-1. One and one. I feel like we still would have been talking about Tyrese Maxey no matter what. He's been the story. He's been phenomenal through two games. Again, just preseason. But uh, if we're going to talk about guys who don't see, appear to be in, in tip-top condition at this point and playing the way that we want them to be playing, like Tyrese Maxey is, then you know we got to give credit to the young fellow for doing what he's doing. But first, let's thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On 76ers. You talked about it, man. He 21 points to lead all scorers on Wednesday night. He was six for eight from the field, I think, again, or was it? Yeah, six he for eight. was actually nine for 11. From nine the for 11. All right, six for eight three was on three. Monday. Mm-hmm. Nine for 11, three for three from deep, uh, dropping a few assists, a couple of boards. Also, turned the ball over a, a little bit last night, but so what, right? Get all get get those kinks out in the preseason. And But no, man, he, he looked really good yet again uh, leading this team, and that was with Joel Embiid, James Harden, returning, debuting of P.J. Tucker as he started. Um, he was 0 for 1 from the floor, a little floater. He'll get, that's his normal shot. He'll get that going in that little pocket pass from James Harden. Daniel House also taking one shot, making his lone three. But Tyrese Maxey starred again, man, and he did it in a lot of different ways from beyond with the three threes. But once again, getting to the basket, there was one point where he even had last night, he had Donovan Mitchell skating a little bit on a uh, turnaround jump shot fadeaway that that he had in, in the uh, intermediate area of the game. What did you think of it? think a lot of people know based on how you opened it up but your thoughts on Tyrese Maxey through two games 41 points I mean I mean I'm extremely impressive I mean we're talking about the shooting guard combined for to score 41 points in just 20 29 minutes right right that's crazy but here's the thing Dave he's shooting 78.9 percent from the field including 71.4 percent on three pointers he's five for seven I mean yes he had that little turnaround jumper on 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 donovan mitchell but he also had two kind of huge threes in that third quarter i mean excuse me that second quarter when he when he came in so you know it's kind of like he was five for five he had 12 points and um 
you know, two threes. It, it, it just seems like he, he he's playing well. And, you know, it, it's one of those things. The thing that I really impressed about him is, you know, when you talk to him, everything is all about the team, right? It's not about him. It's about the team. And the expectations are, are, are rising now. And, and all he keeps talking about is, listen, you know, it's all about winning. I'm not concerned about being an all-star. I'm not concerned about doing all that other stuff. I just want to win. And to me, you know, that's the type of guy you want on your team. But I know it's the preseason, but we're talking about he's shooting 78.9% from the field. That's strong. It is. And in this case, we can't talk about him beating Harden weren't there. Him carrying yeah. They were there. Now they had to get their feet underneath them. It's their first game of the preseason, feel things out. But he got it going again right away, basically, where he and Tobias Harris started the game off with a, with a pretty good flow. Harris finished with nine points on three for four shooting. And you you just you look at you look at what they were able to do. And I mean, four for five shooting. Sorry. And look at what they were able to do. And. Max, he just looks like he's just taking that that next step. Now, what is that next step going to ultimately be? And how consistent will these type of performances be for the Sixers? I don't know. But what I what I do think is, and I said this on the post game uh, after the game, which was when he started last season, and we touched on this the last episode uh, just a little bit. When he started last season, he started the season off knowing that he would begin the year. But it was still that hope that Ben Simmons might come back. He later on returned. Will he be back? Will he eventually take the floor for them again? And Tyrese Maxey will be relegated to the bench. But in a six-man type of role, that's what it was. There were still some things up in the air. There was no up in the air on this one. He was starting this year, playing next to James Harden in the starting lineup. And the other part that wasn't there at the beginning of the year was the three-point shooting, the consistency, the confidence. And taking the shots that he is now taking, Keith, as you mentioned, being perfect on Wednesday night, three for three, mm -hmm. the confidence that he's showing and taking these shots, there's no hesitation. So now when he's taking these shots at this point of the start of the year versus a season ago where he would take those shots and we're like, eh, that's not really your thing yet. Get to the basket, be more consistent going to the basket and doing your thing in the paint, use your speed, transition, all that. He is now a threat from beyond. And it, Whenever he shoots it now, we're like, oh, okay, that might be going in. That's how good he has been. And if that is something that carries over through the regular season, maintains that type of shooting, I don't know if he can you know, keep that up. He's not going to shoot 78.9% and uh, go, what, what was he, five for seven from deep and, and have that type of percentage for the entire year. But the confidence to be able to shoot at a high level and, and do that consistently, that's a different wrinkle from the beginning of the year where that Tyrese Maxey was a totally different player than this one that's starting off this 22-23 campaign. I agree. I, I agree 100%. Yeah, so if he if he can do this, balancing it out with James Harden in the backcourt and beat on the floor, the democracy conversation that Doc Rivers was talking about, that things will still run through them, but they won't hesitate at all in finding Tyrese Maxey when it comes to helping out uh, with if he has a one-on-one -on -one matchup or if he's that first catch out of Joel Embiid's double team and being able to knock that shot down. So uh, that's where we began, and we have to talk about another young player who played well and kind of look at it where Doc Rivers is going to have to figure out what he wants to do with that backup big man role because Paul Reed was the first 
big man off the bench. But Montrez Harrell also played well in his minutes down the stretch, leading the bench scoring uh, last night. So we'll talk about that uh, next. We'll also later on get into a GM poll uh, about Joel Embiid and where he ranked in a major category. Also, we'll do all that next right here on Locked On 76ers. Right now, I want to talk to you guys about Bet Online. You know, Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your football betting info this season. Find all the latest player development, team matchup, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you find. And as always, Bet Online remains your your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite games and events, including uh, Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf, and the NBA. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And as I always say, and D always backs me up, do it today, people. Definitely do it today. Absolutely. Do it today. We hope that you, you, you can do it today. So, all right. Just got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers. You first listen every day. Make sure you check out the Locked On, the ultimate pro basketball preview starting October 10th. A six-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. The local team experts and the NBA insiders of the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey all combining into one ultimate NBA preview that starts and begins on October 10th. Search for Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be fun conversation to check in around the NBA and see where some of the other insiders, uh, how they feel about their respective teams. But Keith, with this one last night, Paul Reed, were you surprised that he was the first substitute off the bench as far as the big men go when Joel Embiid came out of the game? Paul Reed got the first call from Dave Yeager, who was in for Doc Rivers out with a non-COVID illness on Wednesday night. Paul Reed gets that first run and looked pretty good doing so. How surprised were you that he was the first sub off the bench for the big men? You know, I'm not surprised at all. Um, and, and the reason being is because, you know, after the last game, I, well, it, it was funny. I, I, I go to shoot around um, before the last game and you're hearing all this stuff coming out of camp before that where people kept saying, hey, man, I know they got Paul playing power forward in, in certain sets, but Paul's been the backup center. I said, not Montrez? They're like, nah, Paul has been. And then when you go to shoot around, you see that Paul has on the gray jersey. You know, Joel's not playing, but Paul had on the, the, the gray starters jersey, right? So it's like, wow. And then come to find out, he he, 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 he informed you, other people informed you that they've been he's been – the backup. So, you know, in the last game that he played in, that first game against Brooklyn, he played well. He had 10 points. He he had uh, uh, three three steals, you know, six rebounds. He was finding teammates. Um, so he played extremely well. And I feel like, you know, it's one of those things where I know Montrez had 13 points yesterday, but you got to be honest with yourself and say that Paul Reed has not at this point done anything that will make you think that he's going to lose that job. 
Last night, he had four steals. His seven steal total through two games is the best in the NBA this preseason. So I, I have to say it, man. I'm, I haven't been surprised because this guy has been balling. And, and you know what thing about him? You know how, like, Doc and them kept saying it was taking the time for him to find his place. We all saw the raw athletic ability and the things he could do. But now you look at him, he's always in the right space. Things seem to be fluid, more fluid to him. He has more confidence. And he's out there playing, man. And, and um, you know, it, it looks like the Sixers were fortunate that they didn't trade him or, you know, uh, or like they didn't lose him. Because it, it just seems like right now, he seems like he's a, a, a quality backup for them at this particular time. He, he's been playing well. I was surprised that he was the first one off the bench. Yeah, I, I thought that, yeah, he would get some minutes and we would see that exploring again at the, at the four, maybe get a few minutes with Embiid before he was done for the, for the uh, night and see Montrezl Harrell as that first big man off the bench. I don't know what went into it, but maybe, as you pointed out, through the first week of training camp and playing well against Brooklyn on Monday as a starter in place of Joel Embiid, he looked pretty good. And um, I, I got to give Paul Reed credit. I know he talked about wanting to gain the trust of the coaching staff when they put him on the floor and not being not, not worried about putting him on the floor. And he looks like you said, he looks like he's he's not lost. He's not scattered. He's not trying to find himself like we've seen in the past when it comes to trying to figure out what the plays may be or uh, what direction he's supposed to be going in uh, in that particular game. 18 minutes, as you pointed out, five points, giving that six boards, four steals, two assists, only one turnover in that 18-plus minute. And he he does look the part right now as, as a primary backup. Now, again, it was against Cleveland that as far as their, their reserves go, it was – I think Robin Lopez was the backup last night. And while Robin mm -hmm. Lopez is a big backup, he's not as as agile. He's not as athletic. He can play against a bigger body like that where we're really accustomed to seeing him play against the more, uh, as, as I just said, more athletic type of centers when we look at the Toronto Raptors or the Miami Heat where they're backups. Paul Reed can play against them. Instead of going up against, let's just, I'll just make up a name. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins is a, as a backup. You don't really want Paul Reed going up against him because offensively he can get buckets, really, really physical, and it might be a problem for, for him in, in that particular case. But, hey, if he, keeps, if he keeps performing like this and he gets the call from Doc Rivers and he's performing the way that he is, then he, when, when we talked about those top 10, and him being in the top 11 uh, after that 10, Montrezl Harrell being in the top 10, maybe that's a, the reverse. But look, it's, it's a good thing to have those two dual type of big men where they play a little differently out there on the floor. So more rugged, of course, Montrez Harrell. Paul Reed is rugged in the sense that he can be more athletic, uh, more defensive minded. He, he, is, he has shown that he can play right now at least based on these first two opponents with the brooklyn nets and the cleveland cavaliers uh he can play as that primary so we'll see what he happens on monday monday they have their third game against the same team will he get the nod on that one or will montrez harrell will they see so uh what does it mean though for montrez harrell because montrez harrell came in and also played well i thought and 
really helped lead them back as they were down for a good part of the game. He helped to bring them back uh, in the time that he was out there for the 16-plus minutes, 13 points, as you mentioned, to lead the bench scoring uh, 15 minutes, one for, uh, what was it, uh, 16 minutes, five for seven from the floor, three for six from the foul line, three boards, two assists, one lock, one turnover in his time. What did you make of Montrez Harrell's play as he was primarily a guy that was coming off of playing against the, the second unit last night? You know, I, I like it. I mean, the thing about Montrez is he has that one thing that uh, you, I guess you can't coach. He, he comes in there with, I'm not going to say reckless abandon, but he has like – I mean, his attitude, I mean, it's like he's in mean mugging, you know, like I'm going for the juggler type of dude on every possession. I mean, there's even times when he like falls to the ground and the guy who knocks him down from the other team is like reaching to say, I'm sorry, and want to pick him up. And he's like, get away, get away. I got my teammates. You know what I mean? He's like a a, a backroom alleyway type of dude, right? He brings that junkyard mentality. So I like that. But I, I think that with, and I know he has long arms. I, I, I get all that. I know my man has long arms and all that. But I, I think that right now, I like that lineup that they had when he was and Paul Reed were playing together. Because if you notice, if Montrez has a weakness, as good as he is motor-wise, you know, defense isn't his top thing. But then you have Paul getting these steals. You have Paul, like, block ability to block shots. So when I look at those two together, and I think that has something to do with Paul also being the backup is because he can be a rim protector. But when you look at those two together, I think Montrez shines when he's playing with Paul because he can be more of the offensive guy and let Paul do some of the other things. You understand what I'm saying? So I like that because, you know, he was just driving the lane, muscling, getting that bucket like he got the one that that basically the game winner, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and, and then you you had um, Paul anchoring. So I I, I think that he's going to be a good addition. The one thing is that when you look at this competition on this roster right now, you have George Niang, you have Montrez, you got all these guys. The Sixers are deeper than what we thought they were going to be, and it's going to it's going to be tough to make it in this rotation for a lot of guys. Oh, they're deeper than we thought because we talked about this. It's going to be tough for guys to get on the floor, and these minutes are going to be tough to come by. And that's where we talked about man, when I was bringing up the sacrifice part of it because guys are going to want to get paid in the at the end. Guys are going to want their minutes to be able to get paid. This is a this is a pretty deep roster that they have. A good problem to have for Doc Rivers and the coaching staff yeah, as it as it all comes down to it. Montrezl Harrell is a guy who just wants to bounce around, look for contact, and and make things uncomfortable for the other team. <laughs> so he's he's already you can see that he uh, relates to the fan base. He was barking in the third quarter early with the fans and it's like, dude, what's happening here? Settle down. Uh, you, you got plenty of time for that, but that's what he thrives off of that contact that energy that he brings screaming after a layup and one flexing to the crowd high-fiving the fans uh, I, I saw you know as he was kind of walking towards the media section after that one and one that he got Keith and you know he's dapping up the fans in the in the uh, front seats there uh, courtside seats uh, or along the baseline 
and uh, right there behind it, right in front of the media area. And he, he's going to be something as far as the fan base and just relating to to them and when he's out there on the floor doing this part, man. So we'll see. But one of those two guys will be backing up the big fella, the uh, two-time MVP runner-up for the past two seasons, Joel Embiid. Doesn't seem to appear to be a big focus, at least right now, going into this year uh, of winning that award. Of course, everybody wants to win and be called the best, but doesn't seem like that's the focus. There was a GM poll, man. As these seasons get started, there are always these GM polls that are put together. GM poll had Joel Embiid in one particular spot that you wanted to talk about. We'll address that next. Final uh, segment here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On 76ers. Your da- Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. Keith Pompey, Devon Givens with you here. And uh, Keith, it was a poll done and the general managers were polled and asked about certain players and where their roles are for this particular year we know about the mvp defensive player of the year uh, most improved rookie of the year all that type of stuff is 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 you know included in these types of polls but one really stood out where you wanted you wanted to talk about this one so what was the uh the ranking that that the gms had joel Embiid in you know it's funny because what they had is um you know joel was in a lot of things like they had top international players which he wasn't even listed right but um, uh, he's he was, a U.S. citizen now. Well, yeah, he but he's also a French citizen, you know, one of those. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I was thinking the same, too. But it's crazy. <laughs> but the one thing that got me is and it's not the fact that he's third in there. It's just the, the few amount of uh, percentage of votes he received. So okay. right now. So with this, for people who don't know, the NBA app has a GM survey, survey which puts 50 questions in front of league leaders and weighs the pool of responses to each one, right? So, you know, Joel Embiid, we all know that he's the two, he, he was a MVP runner-up in each of the past two seasons. Well, he was third in, in voting um, for, for to get MVP this year. But it was, the, it was just a wide margin. So... 48% of the league general managers picked Dallas point guard Luka Donich to win the MVP award. Milwaukee forward Giannis Antetokounmpo was second with 34%, followed by Embiid at 14. Now, to me, I'm like, wow, he only got 14? Like, because when you when you look at Embiid and you look at the Sixers, and this is supposedly on paper, some people are saying their best team, right? They're saying that. Their, their best team. And we all know what they're saying, how they want to use Embiid and Harden heavily in the pick and rolls. They want to post Embiid up. And last year, Embiid led the league in 30.6 points scoring. So you assume that he's going to have at least the same type of a lead, right? Well, he wasn't getting that love. And then also he was a distant second to Nikola Jokic, the two-time MVP, last two years in league voting for top center. Jokic got 79% and B got 17%. And, you know, he was tied for fourth with uh, Donich behind Curry um, 
were players who forces opposing coaches to make their most adjustments. And Embiid only got 7% of those votes, him and Luka. Curry got 52. So when I look at that, I'm like, you know what? It seems like it could be a little bit of not disrespect, but undervaluing what Embiid brings to his Sixers team. That's how I looked at it. Yeah, I, I guess at this at this rate and watching how things go, look, he's always voted in by the fans for the NBA All-Star game, so we never know how the coaches feel in that regard of putting him on the All-Star team. I'd imagine that they would still put him on the team because he's that good. When it comes to these, these two runner-up situations for the MVP these past two seasons, I thought he should have at least had one of them. Um, the second one, last season, more so than year one because of the missed time and I understand that. So, so I get that. And so I guess I'm not really surprised, honestly, Keith, because as you pointed out, I'm not going to say it's disrespect, but the, the Jokic things, Jokic things for, for national people and for the general managers seem like the uh, more safer, more fun, look at what he's doing type of work out there versus what Joel Embiid is doing where it could be looked at as, oh, he's just, you know, he's just bullying guys down there in the low block. They're not a lot of centers. He can do that stuff. Where Jokic is, yes, he's able to bully them, but he also has this finesse and this flair to his game. He's a fantastic passer. He's not worried about the MVP. As I was just talking to some of the guys the other day, where he's asked the question about the MVP and he answered it. You know, we, we can't have it both ways where we want to hear athletes tell the truth. He tells the truth, and that was the problem. So, um, I, I don't know, man, at this stage, because I don't even know what what, what he might want to do. Does he care about the MVP anymore? He says he's not going to worry about it. You know, when he was talking to you guys on media day, just going out there and play. He talked more about the team being the number one defensive team in the league, speaking about how he needs the championship and he can't worry anymore about the MVP stuff. I don't believe that to be true. Of course he's going to worry about that at some point where he's putting up those numbers and these mid-season awards come out, you know, for like these polls. And he's still going to worry about it. And, and and that's okay. That's the human nature of it. And he's going to see this type of stuff. But when he sees this, if he pays attention to it and if it matters to him at all, I hope he uses it as fuel uh, for, you know, the, what he needs to to help lead this team to a championship. If that's where he's going to put his energy of worrying about something, I hope the energy is put forth that and using that as motivation. If, if he sees these things and he's like, all right, yeah, these guys are just flat up being disrespectful. 70, 79, 14 or whatever it is. That's kind of crazy. You can have your favorite. Um, what was it again? What was it framed as for it to be so, you know, as best center in the league? Yeah, best center. Like it was 79 to 17. Best center or the center I prefer as a general manager. That's the, the, one thing. Yeah. The one the I prefer. Center. Yeah. The top it's not that wide of a margin in terms of who's the better center. I, I don't. Nah, it's not. It's, it's not. And, and to me, that's where, you know, to me, it, that's where I looked at it. And I'm saying to myself, like, this is ridiculous. And and then like I, I get it, you know, like you said, he's a, a US citizen slash French citizen. But I know I know that was a joke, right? But 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 it's like, how do you and, and then we talk about game planning? Like, oh, you don't really have to game plan against them. 
but but at the same time, they're saying he's the most dominant big do. man that they've seen in a long time, you know. That's and in those double and triple teams at him, that's game plan. He's number one on the on the whiteboard, on the, on, yeah. you know. Come on. Yeah, it, it, it was crazy. I mean, and then let me see. Here we go. Um, let's see. He didn't receive any votes. Yeah, he didn't receive any votes in like the top, like I said, the top European player. I mean, top overseas player, international player. You know, that's crazy, man. And they, they had three. Now, I will say this. I will say this. That who was, who was the third outside of Luka and, and Jokic? Luka Jokic and um and of course uh, uh Luka Jokic and then um Giannis, you know what I mean? But right. it's it's kind of like you know I, I I just don't understand it. I, I just didn't understand it. Now now the thing about it is they were very high on um on on uh, uh the the uh, acquisitions of PJ Tucker, right? So right now the Sixers were tied with the Minnesota Timberwolves behind the Cleveland Cavaliers as the team with the best offseason moves. Now the Cavs received 41% of the vote. The Sixers and the Timberwolves received 17 each. PG, PJ Tucker, right, was uh, and Clippers point guard John Wall are tied for second behind Boston point guard Malcolm Brogdon for the most underrated acquisitions. And DeAnthony Melton was fourth. Now, Brogdon got 28% of the, uh, of the vote. Tucker and Wall got 14 each. And Melton uh, was fourth. Now, the Sixers didn't receive any votes to win the Eastern Conference at all. Um, they did, however, have the most votes, 66%, to finish third. All right. I mean, these preseason polls, look, they're in there. They're in the conversation. Joel Embiid is in there in the conversation. Same for the Sixers, P.J. Tucker, as you mentioned, DeAnthony Melton. Good moves by the team. Great great offseason, in my opinion, with how they put together this team and the depth. Nice job by Elton Brand and Daryl Morey. Uh, but that is kind of odd the way that these – these um that 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 seventy nine to fourteen or whatever the number is seventy four to seventy nine 70, to seventeen yeah. seventy nine to seventeen uh, yeah. he's not that much better than Joel Embiid preference that may be one thing better he's not that better they yeah. are they are neck and neck in my opinion as far as the NBA NBA best centers go I'll take either one on my team I I, I love Nikola Jokic's game but I don't look at it I don't even look at Joel Embiid and say he's seventy nine to 14 the other way uh, over over um, Nikola Jokic. That's how good both of them are. So that that number is a bit surprising, but I'm not surprised that the general managers chose Jokic because he seem, may seem more of the team player uh, for them. So, yeah, man, that's 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 a that's an interesting one, and we'll see if he pays attention to that stuff this season. If you he know he will. You know he will. <laughs> I think he will, but of course he might downplay it. And oh, he's going down. He's going downplay it because he's not going to like you know. I I think that the thing if we if we're going to be real with ourselves, like Embiid is honest when you ask him stuff. Like other people, you say, "Oh, I don't want this. I don't want that." Even down to Max, he said that, and it, and it sounds great. But who doesn't want to be an All Star? Who doesn't want to be an MVP? Who doesn't want to be a Hall of Famer? Right. But people always say that because you know that, 
when you say stuff like that, it's like you're putting yourself above the team, or it can be, it could be um, uh, relayed that way to people. People assume that's what you're doing. And I think Joel Embiid has learned that, yes, I'm being honest. People are asking me these questions. It's not like I'm coming out saying, this is that, I want to do this. He's answering people's questions. But I think he understands, like, when you, when, by him doing that, people perceive that he could care less about the team. He was just worrying about himself. So now I think that he's going to say, oh, I don't care. But deep down inside, we have to know that all the players want it. And who wouldn't? Like, oh, like, if you're saying, like, yeah, I don't care. I I, I want to be the last man on the bench. I don't care if I start. I don't care if I do this. Well, then you, that, then you don't have that competitive juice needed for you to be a, a, a great player in this league. You know what I'm saying? So you can't hold that against a guy. I don't. I don't. So, well, listen, man, as always, uh, this was fun. Um, Got to let everybody know, Keith, that as we uh, step away for the day and we reconvene tomorrow, we got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day. Uh, tomorrow, we'll dive into, uh, I think I want to talk to Keith, you, I, I want to talk to you and the listeners out there about the Sixers team defense. They've talked about how the team defense is very important and they want to be the number one defensive team. How realistic is that goal? I want to explore that with you tomorrow. Before we do that, of course, we want to make sure that we let you know about making your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, with host Josh Lloyd taking down the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. He brings that to you on a daily basis. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. So we hope that you can check out Josh on the uh, Fantasy Basketball podcast, the Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and we hope that uh, you you enjoy it and we appreciate you hanging out with us keith can you let everybody know where they can find us yeah you know what wherever you you, you uh, get your podcast or and on youtube i mean you can come like <laughs> check us out you know what i mean we're there wherever you get your a podcast and we're also on youtube but i tell you once you get on that youtube channel you're going to see that liberty bell click on that liberty bell and you'll become a subscriber of, of our podcast now, what you need to do is tonight, you need to go to 97.5 FM and listen to my man D at the Divine Giving Show at um, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. So do that tonight. Also, make sure you keep up with him on social media today and every day at Divine G975. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Pompeii on Sixers. And you can read my stuff um, in Inquire.com or you can purchase a Philadelphia Inquire. I did a story on Tyrese Maxey about how he's performing in these two uh, yep. preseason games. And I also did a breakdown on Joel Embiid, you know, with the uh, GM survey. So, you know what, there's two stories for you. My man D is going to have everything covered from 7 to, to 10 today. And also what you can do is, you know what, you got – time to uh just chill and relax make sure you check out some of our earlier podcast episodes from this week uh, greatly appreciate it keith thanks so much man enjoy the rest of your uh, your day talk to you tomorrow and everybody will catch up with you also thanks so much thank you and and all right d have a great one bro no doubt thanks man